0: You are listening to a podcast, not just any podcast, but the 34th podcast of the Something on My Mind program. I am David.
1: And I am Cindy.
0: All right, welcome to this week's program, everyone. In our podcast, Cindy and I like to use our professional backgrounds where we cover all things finance, but we also like to mix in an offbeat story or two to give you a break from everyday reality.
1: Our mission is to improve your financial fitness, and we like to do all of this with a side of humor.
0: As a show reminder, you can follow us on all social media platforms, including Instagram at SOMM.podcast. And if you'd like to submit a question to the show, you can go to somethingonmymind.net.
1: And here's the cool thing, if we choose to read your question on the air, we're going to give you a $50 Amazon gift card.
0: And in fact, this week we are giving away another Amazon $50 gift card, and this has to do with our topics for the week. The listener writes in to us asking, is there a standard ratio in how to allocate savings? And he wants to know how to decide between how much money to put in his retirement account versus taxable investments versus high yield savings CDs, etc. And for the second part of the podcast, we are going to cover DNA. We have a great story about a set of sisters who found out that their father, in fact, was a missing person back from the 40s. And we will also cover some stories from people who wrote in on the internet about what they discovered when they did their DNA matching. Now it's time to get into the round table. So so why don't we do rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to go this week? I I love that. Okay. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. (laughs) first try so scissors cut paper so you get to go that's
1: right um i was laughing i was driving into work this morning and listening to my morning show and they were talking about the dj actually said he found something at the curbside he garbage picked something ultimately and he was so happy because it like a edger and so then the whole thing was you know listeners call in and tell us like the craziest thing or the most valuable thing or the greatest thing that you found garbage picking but so I actually called them because it just made me laugh because what I was telling them is that we don't garbage pick we are the house that gets picked because every time we clean our basement or our garage we just put stuff out it at the curb and it can like remember the first time you ever put like I don't even know it was like literally like a toilet plunger and I'm like are you freaking kidding me? You're putting like a plunger out on the curb that makes us look so trashy with all this stuff. And you're like, oh, just wait.
0: That's the same plunger you came home from (laughs) with an estate sale. And you're like, hey, look at this cool plunger I found. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No, not really. Not really.
1: But anyway, uh, you were like, no, you just wait. People just will take anything. And I'm like, no, this is bad.
0: Well, I put out like a ballast for like fluorescent lights. It's that little piece on there that connects to it. Oh, yeah, right. I put out hinges. I put out
1: screws oh my gosh, we put out like scrub brushes and just, I don't even know, pieces of metal. You put stuff out there. I'm like, I cannot, I'm so embarrassed that you're putting this to the curb. And then within an hour, I see people just mopping it up. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to try this now. So remember when I like literally staged a gallery outside on the tree, because I had just been collecting art for years, like literally the last 25 years. And I had this whole thing and that lady knocked on the door. She's like are you giving all this away? I'm like, as much as you can get in your car, lady, just take it away.
0: Yeah, what happens is that they come up to the curb and they see the things there, and oftentimes I'm working in the yard or where they can see me, right? I'm just doing something. And I, I see them and they look at me and I put my thumb up like, dude, go ahead and take it. Like, you don't need to be very feeble about it. That's That's why it's there. Take it. Like, we don't want this stuff.
1: Well, I know, and I used to be so embarrassed that you would do this and then remember— we were getting rid of a couch and just we were changing over that was older, uh, still in good shape. But I literally staged a whole like furniture showroom at the corner, <laughs> like the pillows and put a little like flower vase. And I don't know, I just it made me laugh when I heard that on the radio this morning because people love driving by. I think they wait for us They as they're driving by like, wait, are well, you cleaning
0: your garage this weekend? We've been to a lot of estate sales, right? And so we know that. Our house, based on estate sales in our area, it would be wiped out in the first two hours based on what we have. And we have nice things, so we don't put junk out to the curb. And we have
1: some estate sale things in there, so not everything in our house is, you know, that we bought from stores. We have a lot of really cool pieces from estate sales.
0: Which is the only way to find them typically anyway. So our house is very irregular. It's built in the 20s, so you just can't go out and buy what you want. You have to go piece it together, and that's what we've done. So maybe 10%, 15% of the items, I would say, come from those estate sales.
1: So getting back to putting stuff by the curb, when we were getting rid of our bikes, and they're not in great shape, they're taking up space, but they're perfectly fine, but I put them out way farther away from the house thinking, you know, I don't want to embarrass anybody just as they're looking at stuff at our house. So nobody was taking them. Well, and I said, I know well, I, I had a sign. I, I, on it. I, I
0: said, though, it's by the stop sign.
1: But I had a sign free bikes and nobody was taking it. So then I moved it to our curb to the end of our driveway. Those went like that. They were just gone within minutes. So, all right. Anyway, so I, it's not it's not necessarily a funny story. It's just well, it made me laugh. Let me tell you I'm something.
0: Like, I there's something I must confess. Oh, God. It's back when one of the kids were in high school and you went out shopping and Once. I took one of our kids, I won't say who, <laughs> I stuck him on the curb and he was gone within 30 minutes. Right. And then two hours later, they put him back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they said, free kid.
0: Yeah, they actually attached free money to it. Or I, or I mean, to him. <laughs> to, oh,
1: all right. That, that narrows it down. We just won't say which one.
0: Oops. Okay, now we're going to get on to the financial topic for this week. And we want to thank a listener who wrote in, and his name is Ryan D., although he did not provide a location, so we'll say he's from where? Anywhere. Anywhere USA works. So his question is as states, is there a standard ratio on how to allocate savings? I don't know how to decide how much to put into my retirement account versus my taxable investments versus CDs slash high-yield savings, etc.?
1: Ryan, this is a great question, and it sounds like you're already doing many of the right things with your money, so it's really just a matter of perhaps just tweaking the plan that works for you.
0: Yeah, I agree, because we have talked about this on many fronts throughout other podcasts, such as episode two, where we talked about the importance of having an emergency fund. So we will take the same premise here to answer the first part of the question, which is how much to allocate towards savings.
1: So what we always talk about, which is really the first part that you want to reach your goal, which is to maximize your emergency fund. Most financial experts will tell you, you should have at least three to six months of expenses in the event of the loss of a job, a job furlough, a health related situation, or some other reason that you cannot work for some period of time. And I think right now is the best illustration of that.
0: Absolutely. With Corona, that makes total sense. In addition to that, there are some experts who will say eight months, even on up to maybe 12 months, but it really depends on your situation. And for example, with the coronavirus, this is one reason that people may need more money than what they thought of because this was an unforeseen thing. And really the thought process is, how long does it take me to get a job? So if you're very employable and you can get a job within three or six months, maybe that's your target. But if you're serving in a restaurant right now, you may need more. So again, it depends on your situation, and that's what you need to decide. Okay, so that's the emergency fund part, but we also need to talk about the rainy day fund.
1: Exactly. So the rainy day fund is to cover those unforeseen things in your normal budget. For example, the dishwasher might break, or your heat might go out, or you need a gutter repair like we do because we just had that crazy storm on Sunday. The gutter cover flew off.
0: In addition, we had a tree fall on the gutter last year as well. So yeah. these are things you just don't know when they're going to happen. That's why we call them for unseen expenses. Wow.
1: Well, and the amount of money that you need is debatable as it depends really on your living situation. So most experts say that's around 2500 as a maximum. That That's just those smaller things that might cost you anywhere from $100 to 2000 2500 But for example, if you live in an apartment, you don't need that much money. You've got maintenance that's going to cover that however if you drive a car and you don't have a warranty you might need money to cover that so it just depends on your situation last year we've been the walking atm to our house because it seemed like and you're gonna laugh because i said mercury was in retrograde but everything every little thing was breaking down
0: Things just break. That's the normal no. course of. Well, well Cindy has this thing about mercury and retrograde.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, I know someone's out there nodding their head like, I know what you mean. But really, it was like down to the little piece in our refrigerator that
0: dispensed water. So We had a leaking air conditioning line for several years and didn't even know about it. Exactly. And then the drywall fell out in the office, right? And so I didn't know that until they came up here. So that had nothing to do with retrograde.
1: Well, okay. Anyway... <laughs>
0: And here's one more nugget for you. Just keep in mind that things break all of the time, as we've mentioned, and the average American doesn't have $400 by many surveys to pay for an unforeseen repair. That's just, that's crazy. But that's the reality. So this is why we stress the importance of the emergency and, of course, the Rainy day Fund. So when you're putting both of these funds together, if you don't have enough in your emergency fund, then you should keep building toward that, meaning you might not have enough in your rainy day fund and your emergency fund at the same time, so you need to balance out the equation because we know that it's going to take time for you to build that up. For example, six months of income is a lot of money, right? So you have to work toward that goal because if you put that money elsewhere and you need it, you can't draw from it. So you need to take your time and create a plan.
1: Exactly. So this way that repair is covered and you can still build out for the emergency fund at the same time, because either way, you have all of the money you're going to tap into somewhere. And the reason we're pointing this out, of course, is that You really need to satisfy this first before you go heavy on your investing.
0: So with that being said, the question is, where do I park my money to make some interest on the cash that's just sitting there? And that makes sense because you might have money in those two funds or even just some cash. So can I make money on that money? Now, the one thing to keep in mind is that interest rates have been low for a long time dating back to the financial crisis. So the days of making money on a CD, getting 5% or 8% in the glory days, if you will, they're long gone and they may never be there again.
1: Oh, I'm telling you, that's when I started out in the business. I remember very specifically how heavily oriented some of our clients were in CDs and bonds and, you know, different corporate bonds. And those were all paying anywhere from 5 to 8%. And that is just an anomaly today. I mean, we... If at all, it will be years before we see anything close to that.
0: Now, if the rates were that high on a CD, for example, the stock market would not be where it is today.
1: That's exactly right. That works inverse of each other. So when bond rates and interest rates are high, the market is low. And so right now, that's why we say, honestly, for income, the market's where it's at. The dividend-paying stocks are where it's at.
0: Yeah, you can't even put money into a bond and even make 1%. Nope. And that as well as at historic lows. All right, with that being said, let's look into the financial vehicles per their question. If you look at a CD, I looked up on bank rate and they gave the most recent national survey from banks and thrifts. And the average is for a one-year CD is 0.24%. For a five-year CD, it's 0.41%. For a one-year jumbo, it's 0.27. And an average five-year jumbo CD is 0.42%.
1: And that's just unbelievable. And here's why I would caution you away from a CD Because really to get any sort of worthwhile percentage on that, yield on that, you have to go out five years. And the reason that you don't want to do that is because you're locked in for five years. So let's say interest rates do come back a little bit over maybe the next year to three years. Now you're suffering that duration risk, that interest rate risk. And that means that if you're locked into that and rates go up, that's it. You're not getting that optimal gain that you would have if you go for a shorter term CD. So if you're considering locking that money away, I would also consider to not lock it away in a CD for longer than one or up to two years, but providing you don't need that money.
0: All right, so let's look at a couple more options. A common one is a money market fund. It might be sitting in your brokerage account, for example. It just sits there, right? Makes very little money. However, I looked at the average interest rate out there and the average is 008 Mm -hmm. No, I said 0.08. I'm
1: very familiar with that. And honestly, I I had a client call in today and said, I have about $40,000 I want to park on the side. I don't want it long-term invested. I want to have access to it, but I do want it invested for the short-term, meaning some short-term fixed income. And our money market rate is 0.11. And that actually just last year was up to near 2%.
0: The funny thing is that is 25% higher than that 0.08. I know.
1: That's what I tried to tell him. He's like 0.11. I said, mm-hmm. what's your bank getting? He said 0.01, he said, is what he was getting on his bank rate.
0: So, speaking of banks, I did some researching on Investopedia, and it says the best option to park your money is through a bank. And the highest rate in their whole list was by a firm and Chime, and they were at 1% apiece.
1: One thing to keep in mind though, when you are considering that is that there might be minimums that you have to invest to get that interest rate. That's typically so. And then you would obviously have to switch banks or change banks to get those rates. So just be mindful of that. Ask the questions up front. Make sure that you know what you're investing into.
0: So the whole point is, can you make some money on this money? Yes. Are you gonna make a lot? No. All right, now that we've covered the first part, let's address the second part of the question, which is, I don't know how to decide how much money to put into my retirement account versus my taxable investments. So let's address the first part, which is how much money to put into your retirement planning. You should put as much money as you can afford or manage, meaning as long as you can maintain your budget while satisfying the rainy day and emergency funds, then the sky's the limit. So when we're talking sky's the limit, here are some options. One option is the Roth IRA. Now, if you qualify, the max for 2020 is $6,000, or you can contribute an additional $1,000 as long as you turn 50 in that calendar year. So that would make that max total at $7,000. And as a side note, even if you turn 50 in December, you would still qualify for that additional $1,000.
1: So if you're taking the 401k Roth route, you can put up to $19,500 per year and an additional $6,500 for that catch-up contribution, again, if you turn 50 in that current tax year.
0: As for the traditional IRA, the max for 2020 is $6,000 and an additional $1,000 for catch-up contributions if you also hit age 50 in a particular calendar year.
1: So I get this question a lot when I go to 401k education is, where's my money better served? in a Roth or a traditional 401k. So I think what Ryan needs to think about is, or consider really, is what is his income right now? So is it that he's looking to reduce his taxable income? Then I would say do that pre-tax contribution. Get that now, and you can build that tax-deferred growth. Or maybe if he's still accumulating wealth and income year over year is growing, you might want to take that Roth route right now because you're not necessarily needing to have that big deduction up front And this, again, is predicated on what you're contributing, but I think it's a really great way to combine last money that you're ever going to touch, which is your Roth money. The next money you're going to touch, which is your traditional money being forced to take that out at 72. And then the first money you're going to touch is your taxable savings, which is the next part of your investment strategy after that emergency fund and rainy day fund now putting into your taxable investments. So you can also choose to do just a regular traditional IRA. The same rules apply. The max for 2020 is 6000 or an additional 1000 making that seven if you're age 50 or older. So as long as you turn 50 in that current year, same thing. Even if you turn 50 in December, you still qualify. And that's where you have to kind of weigh out what makes most sense in terms of accumulating wealth and income versus needing that pre-tax contribution
0: to a traditional IRA. So we've just provided some variations in terms of your retirement planning, and this can be a lot to soak in. The first thing that you need to do is that if you have a 401k or a Roth 401k and your company provides a match, your goal should be to max that amount out. So whatever that max number is, you try to hit that money because the reason is, is that is money they're giving to you for free. And with that being said, there are two things that we always say on this program. And number one is compound compound interest interest is is our best friend. friend. And the second one is never, never throw give away, away the free, free money. money. Man, my goodness, one day we're going to get that one right. All right, cool. So why don't we lay out the building blocks? What's the foundation? What's the, the best scenario to lay out to build these bricks up for your retirement planning and where you're going to put your money?
1: We should talk about just what's that ideal scenario in our opinion. And one is, of course, we talked about first is meeting that emergency and that rainy day fund. Making sure that you have enough money set aside for all those life's variables and unforeseen events. Number two is you've maxed out your 401k or Roth 401k through your employer plan if you can My theory is no matter what, get that 401k match. So don't throw away that free money. And then anything beyond that, try to look at your budget and factor in what you can by percentage increase year over year. So if it's 4% that you're putting in and getting that 4% employer match, try either that year or the next year to increase that contribution to 5%. Going back to that theory of, trying to save 10% for your retirement goals so you can walk into retirement the same way as you did when you were working. So next, number three is if you don't have an employer plan, seek the other investment account types, which is that Roth IRA or traditional IRA and try to max that out for your contribution limits. So once you've satisfied those scenarios, then what we would do is now we're talking about your taxable savings, Ryan, and that's where do you invest that? So there's many accounts online that you could establish that are low fees or fee-free accounts where you can start low and then start your investment savings plan into that taxable money. So this is the money that when you earned interest and dividends on that, That's where you are paying taxes. If you sell something at a profit, you are paying on that gain. So it's a great balance. All of these things combined is really the right strategy to not put all your eggs in one basket and really have a diversified portfolio strategy overall.
0: It goes without saying that if you're in the number four group that Cindy just mentioned, meaning that you have a brokerage account, a side account, then you're probably in pretty good shape, meaning you've done pretty well with managing your money. And more than likely, you're going to put yourself on a path for success. All right, cool. So I think that was a lot of information. So I think that it's time we do the recap.
1: Number one, the whole point in deciding where you want to put your money is to make sure that you have liquidity, meaning you have access to the cash when you need it. And this goes back to having an emergency fund or a rainy day fund. And this creates a built-in insurance policy in the event that you are not working and need income to pay for bills. And remember, This is a big one. You do not want money invested that you need in less than four to five years to make sure you are not selling investments to create cash needs at the wrong times
0: of the market.
1: Remember, investing for the long term means you need your money to have the time in the market.
0: Number two, if you have not satisfied your goal for the emergency fund and the rainy day fund, then you need to build this up with the understanding that it takes time to do this. If this has not been satisfied then establish a plan that you can still maintain your normal way of living until you achieve your goal. So don't beat yourself up. Take time. Don't give up your life. Just find a balance between the way you live and the money that you plan for and eventually you'll get where you need to be. Number
1: 3 in reference to number 2, while you are building up that emergency and rainy day fund, if your employer does offer a company 401k plan and offers a company match within that plan, please put at least the amount needed to get your match. The money they match is their benefit to you and you never want to throw away that free money. And number four,
0: if you are on track with the emergency fund and the rainy day fund and you have more money to invest in your 401k, your Roth IRA or your Roth 401k or traditional IRA, then you should invest as much money as you can providing that you can still maintain your bills and live within your means.
1: And number five, the ultimate goal is to meet your emergency fund, your rainy day fund, and then max out whatever retirement vehicles that you have. This is what David and I have done. Outside of that, the cash that we need for less than one year, we park that in the vehicles that can save us around 1% depending on who we choose to bank with. And remember, I always have to add, you have to do your own homework. This is all predicated on your long-term goals and objectives, along with your risk tolerance, your time horizon, your liquidity needs, really, and your income, and ultimately, what is your whole financial picture?
0: It's never too late to start. So no matter how old you are, when you can put these practices into place, you're going to put yourself in a better position for your life.
1: Absolutely, and the earlier you start, the better. And by the way, guess what, Ryan? Just because you asked, You've got a $50 Amazon gift card coming, so I'm super excited to get that in the mail to you. And what a great topic. This is our passion.
0: Yep. And that's free money, so just go spend it. All right, for the last section of this podcast, we are going to cover stories around DNA results. This is very common, as you know, over the last three or four years, more and more people have been getting their DNA results, and it's revealing many hidden secrets in families. So with that being said, I found a story on goodhousekeeping.com titled, Two Sisters Took DNA Test. It revealed that everything that they knew about their family was wrong. Oh, no. So I'm going to paraphrase this because it's quite long. And it starts out where this woman who's 51 years old had triplets, and so she wanted to find out who was fraternal and who wasn't. So when the results came back, they were curious because their heritage was Southern European, but their father, who's no longer living, is from Italy. And so it just didn't start to add up very well. So meanwhile, one of the daughters took a test. This is one of
1: the triplets?
0: Yeah. It went further to have matches with other DNA strands, right? Mm -hmm. So... Their father is no longer alive at this time, so they don't know anything about his history. But not being Italian, they're like, what's going on here? So what they did was turn to their father's closest known living relative, and he also had the same name for some reason, which is really strange. Anyway, the results did confirm that the sisters were not related to that family. So now they've received the results, and they're thinking, now I might be related to my dad, right, because he gave birth to me with my mother. However, if you look at the- He gave
1: birth to them. That With is a remote. story within itself.
0: Well, you know what I meant. <laughs> can you imagine one day if men could give birth? No,
1: because you guys can barely get a cold. I mean, women were set up to give birth for a reason. Well, let they, me tell you.
0: But I bet you in some way or form they could do it, and then they would just do like C-sections. Oh,
1: my God, not to tangent on this, but I'm picturing every man out there giving birth. It would be like they were getting their limbs chopped off. I mean, maybe men are gonna disagree with me, but you guys are all babies when you're sick.
0: I don't know. I No way.
1: When I, you have a cold, you're like, you know, in, a the moment, in the moment in the moment
0: you just have to do it, right? I mean it's such so oh, excruciating. I can't it, even right? imagine. Isn't the pain so excruciating that you I mean, you can't like stop in the middle, like you just have to go oh, through it.
1: You're just yeah. Anyway, sorry, I
0: digress. So after digressing here, one of the daughters sees a match for DNA linked. To them, to their dad, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So there's a trail there. That makes sense. Okay. So their father is their real father, but right. the person they reached out to was their father's brother.
1: Okay. And, oh, okay. Because uh, the, it was linking the DNA. I'm, right. I'm following it.
0: But the brother says that his brother, your dad, their dad, had been missing since 1945. Oh. He was kidnapped.
1: Oh my gosh. He was a missing person. He's so he got kidnapped and raised.
0: By another family. By
1: another family. Oh, my God. I have chills to the bone. So he
0: was kidnapped when he was four. I have chills and, to and this, the bone. And the two kids <gasps> were riding their bikes in the neighborhood in Hell's Kitchen, New York.
1: Oh, my God! And some
0: lady offered candy and lured oh my br- brother away. And so.
1: So because they took these DNA tests, their uncle, which is their uncle, really. Yep. He found three nieces through this.
0: He found three nieces.
1: Oh, my gosh. So did they think that he was dead all that time? They didn't know. Well, they didn't know. He was kidnapped at four. They probably thought there was no way. The
0: story says that it went cold on the case, and they never could link anything together, and their dad's not alive anymore, so they don't really know. They had theories.
1: Okay, so then, okay, this is even crazier. So the people that they thought were their family weren't their family at all. Because the dad had been kidnapped by this lady,
0: right? And so maybe the lady. But the but the first the, pers- the people that kidnapped him they had died many years ago. Oh my! The mom my, okay. and the dad. So he ended up living with his uncle, which was not his real uncle all these years, and right. then he didn't keep in touch with the with the pseudo family, if you will, and so he just kind of was floating out in the ether, and no one knew it.
1: And he had, and he obviously didn't know. He
0: had no idea. So oh one my. of the one of the theories is that they told him he was two years old when he was four at the time. Speculating they. Didn't tell him what his real age was, right? Okay. But there's no way to prove the history out. They don't know the real story. There's no way to tell. So, But this
1: is so strange to me because I remember back things when I was very little. Don't you? Don't you have a memory of things like, and I don't know if that's like picture memory or storytelling memory, but I feel like I remember things when I was a child.
0: I remember getting electrocuted when I was four. That's I, what
1: I'm saying. But, I don't,
0: but that's a major event. Now, granted... Being you taken. think
1: kidnapping is a major event? But
0: when you're four, yes. I don't know. I don't know. It's I, unless the, they just—that's just, that's, like just a, that's a theory.
1: Brainwashed them. They're just—they're just coming
0: up with what they think that might have happened. They also say that the dad, the the pseudo dad, was off to war, and that
1: the pseudo dad, meaning the kidnapping, the, the kid, kidnapping dad, kidnapper father.
0: Yes, the kidnapping dad served in World War II for two years, arriving home. In 1945, and they speculated that it was possible that the, the mom became pregnant right after he left for the war, and maybe miscarried, or possibly for whatever oh, reason. Yeah, right. She had lied and told him that she was pregnant. So when he was coming back home, she realized she needed to produce a two-year-old son for him. So maybe did she, you know, kidnap another kid? Now remember, back in the 40s, you could create a birth certificate. They didn't have, ta- you know, ID tags right. on the wrists, so it was, it was not uncommon for babies to get stolen out of hospitals or some doctors would birth other people, or women would birth and yeah, no, give the kids away. Yeah, no, I know, there's away. all kinds of stories. All that stuff. I know, there's, there's all kinds there's a, of sorted there's stories there's we've watched. a decent black market for that, that was going um, on at the but time.
1: a four-year-old doesn't look like a two-year-old.
0: Honey, it's a theory, like I said. I know.
1: oh God.
0: They don't know. But when you're four years old, you, you can manipulate somebody at four years old for the rest of their life to think certain ways. So it's possible, but either way, they don't know. So all they can do is speculate.
1: That is incredible.
0: Well, that's what this DNA is doing. It's revealing all these hidden secrets out there that no one knew about. I think it's really actually kind of cool. Very interesting.
1: Like your dad's dad is not your dad, seemingly, because you're not Greek.
0: Well, it might be the dad's dad, but he, my dad's dad's not Greek.
1: I think your dad's dad might not be your dad's dad, if you know what
0: I mean. Wink, wink. It could be. Uh, Grandma. Uh, it could be either or. The f- Well, here's the deal. I took an ancestry test. And it revealed two years ago that I was 2% Greek. So that was already suspect. And Chase, my son, 2% Greek. And now that they're getting more results, which, you know, depict regions of people where they congregate, where they lived all these years in the ancestral chain, it's showing now that I have no Greek. I don't understand, though. How does that... I can only go back to like a genealogy chain, right? So, yeah, but
1: if you were 2% Greek, how do you just all of a sudden not... Turn two percent Greek
0: because they're getting more and more data to support where people's trees might end up being. Now listen, I don't I'm not a connoisseur of all this stuff. I don't know how accurate all this is, but it just basically says if you keep getting results that are matching similar DNAs to certain regions where people live after mm-hmm. all these years, all these generations, that's how they're doing it. So at least if you want to follow what ancestry is saying, I am no longer Greek whatsoever.
1: I knew it.
0: Which means my dad's not Greek. I told you. Getting back to what you're saying. so Your
1: grandma, your other grandma was a hussy too.
0: Well, my, great, my grandma's grandma was a hussy, and we knew that was true. And that DNA <laughs> story I told, was told was correct. West Virginia settlers, Hatfields, McCoys, down in that zone, uh, is true. And that's where the Scottish comes in, where, you know, Scottish people worked in the hills and got sunburn working, and that's how the word redneck came from. Mm-hmm. So, that makes sense. But on the European side, I am more Scottish than anything now. So, whether this is true or not, but it's starting to show that someone may have slipped one past the goalie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's my
1: suspicion. (laughs) Your dad got really mad, too, when you asked him about it. So, I don't know. He was in some big denial. He did not want to talk about it.
0: No. So, I don't know. We'll see if we broach that subject again, but... Uh, you no, know, I, I know it. We're getting
1: him for Christmas. We're getting him a DNA gene. He'll
0: never take it. I need Come to. Come I, I need for him to set his beer bottle down and swab it, <laughs> send it into an independent yeah. lab. All right. So, speaking of getting lab tests, let's go further and check out the quick hitters of DNA stories that we found on the internet.
1: Okay, this first one says, in my genetics class, we do a blood typing lab and our teacher told us a story about her first year doing it where there was a girl who had a blood type that meant her dad couldn't be her actual father. And the mom, who also worked at the school, got caught cheating.
0: Ooh, That's bad. Looks like somebody was hanging out in the detention room. <laughs> <laughs> Usually when you cut, get shot. Chopped- no,
1: they were in anatomy class together.
0: All right, here's the next one. A former co-worker of mine took the test and found out she had a different father than her sister, and neither were related to their father. She decided to confront her mom about the infidelity. She found out that her mom and dad were in group (gasps) sex and that the biological fathers could be a number of gentlemen.
1: No, come on. That can't be true. What is, oh my
0: gosh. So that's called an orgy.
1: Oh, I, yep. That is so bad. That would suck to find that out. All right, here's another crazy one. This is how my brother found out my father wasn't his father. I'm adopted and last year found my biological father and mother. One of my new brothers also took the test and we did not match, although I did match with our father and he did not. Found out mom had an affair while father was in Korea during the war. Oops. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> These are
1: devastating.
0: I imagine this is a pretty common story with servicemen in the wars. Women could not enlist, so they were home, they were lonely, and they uh, they looked for some company.
1: Company, yes. The pool boy. Yeah, is that what you call it? Company? Is that what you kids are calling it? Pool boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: Here's a quick one. At Christmas, my grandma told me her friend took a test and found out her dad was her mom's OBGYN.
1: Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I guess the good thing is that when the ultrasound was done, they don't have to say, hey, you must be a really happy man. <laughs> <laughs> or,
1: oh, you look like your father.
0: <laughs> All right, with that being said, I think we should end the podcast for the week. As a show reminder, you can follow us on Instagram using podcast. So until then, until next week, I am David. Are you sure? I know who I am. I just don't know where I'm from. <laughs>
1: and I am Cindy.